Hello and welcome to The Embargo, the only podcast that gives you the unvarnished truth about the world of technology public relations. Our aim is to go behind the headlines to tell you what's really going down and have a little fun in an industry that often takes itself too seriously. Every Thursday, we touch on the top PR headlines of the week, dissect the world of communications, and promise never to bore you with details about which company announced what. Unless, of course, we really like the what. Today is Thursday, March 18th, supposed to hit a little bit harder i mean like we've been talking about a production crew for a while <laughs> trying to make the investment uh, you know what it's fine i think the anticipation is what was or like what are they going to hit me with what are they going to come out of the gate with what's going to be the song of the day and so i, I got I, I gotta say in the world of podcasts and particularly business podcasts we have the best music right so there's we no, choose something differently there's no there, nobody can come against us there's no question, but we, we are asking people to donate some money for our legal fund. I'm sure we'll have to uh, we'll have to pay for this stuff at some point. <laughs> yep. All right, I'm David Oro, and along with my host Kevin Wolf, we we're we're gonna get going on our our talk this week. Kevin, I got before we get started. I it's been one week, man. I think you know it's getting busy out there. I think and people getting are busy. getting back to normal. People are excited because they're in line for a vaccination and you know springs around the corner and going outside it getting out it ain't it ain't 2020 <laughs> that's a big part of it I, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited i was talking to someone today and uh, we've got you know it's a little wet in bay area today uh you know weather's not perfect and it, you know we're gonna have some rain for a couple of days maybe but I got to be honest, man, like things are starting to happen around here that are making me feel good and, and hopeful about the spring. Um, I, you know, from a business standpoint, uh, you know, kids, uh, my oldest is going to go back to school in person for the first time in 12 months in a couple Dude, weeks. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good things right. starting to happen. How about this? Have you planned summer vacations yet? Twice, yeah, two, yes. I'm we're going, we're getting out, man. We're we're going. Uh, look, first of all, we're we're gonna get vaccinated, my wife and I, and Tiffany and I, and and uh, you know we want to be safe and smart out there. But yeah, we're we're getting out of town for a couple weeks over the summer. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a couple of trips and uh, see some people. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hug and kiss most people who will let me. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be awkward, but I'm gonna be out there just hugging and kissing people. Yeah, I think it'd be great to hang out with folks. So. No doubt, man. No doubt. What's happening right. with PR today, man? What's uh, today? All right. So, like on our big pitch today, uh, you know, I think we're a little bit looser this week. But um, let's start off with Muckrack, the State of Journalism Survey. They have a big report, but they're promoting this, and we need to talk about this for before Muckrack gets to it, and they're doing a. A webinar on the 30th it's a big lead gen opportunity for them oh, I'm sure. uh, <laughs> um hey, well by the way before you go 
tell me, give me the 30 second elevator pitch on Muckrack. Yeah. Uh, have you not used it before? Not, not, they're not a sponsor by the way yet. And they should be. So we'll, we'll, we'll follow up with them after the fact, but yeah, I'm familiar with Muckrack, but I want to know what you think Muckrack is to the world of PR. Yeah. I think they're a lighter weight decision and not lightweight in terms of content, but in terms of how they present stuff. Um, it's an, uh, a media database without, at least from what I've seen before, to, it's a media database that is, let, let's, let's call it the, you know, if there's traditional journalism like the New York Times or Washington Post, Muckrack is the axios of media databases. Yeah. So you, by that, you mean like they've got a confusing name and, uh, and, and like the reporting is all kind of like, um esoteric or confusing just like no dude it's bullet point living dude it's bullet points yeah i see i see yeah cliff notes so muckrack's like the cliff notes of media from what i've seen from what i've seen yeah from what i've seen i've done a few demos i i haven't bought off to it but like a lot of other colleagues in the industry really like it over decision personally decision is you know all these all these public all these databases are moving more towards like a CRM tool and they're, they're, they're trying to get there, but they're not there. Um, I want to put you in the, in the, in the way back machine. We're getting in the time machine. All right. Strap yourself in. All right. You got, you got your coffee. What are you drinking? Okay. We'll get a cocktail. Right, it's afternoon. I'm, I've moved on to diet Coke. Kevin. Oh, okay. That's uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's a whole other topic. So you're in the time machine. I'm taking you back to 595 market street. Is that the address? Five nine. Yeah, that, that. yeah, that was a worldwide headquarters of Fleischman Hillard West Coast. Yeah, so. West Coast, right? So we're we're there. We're on the twenty seventh floor. The view's amazing, inside and out. Uh, there's a there's like this uh, like some some table in the back room, right? And it's got these encyclopedias essentially sitting on top. You remember these? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did we used to call those? What were those books that were on the tables that were our media database, quote unquote, 25 years ago? Uh, I think they were called Bacon's. Bacon's, Bacon's. media books. That sounds right. Decision. Yeah, that it was Bacon's. Right. And they so were green. Did, tell people what you did if you're like a newbie in PR listening to this podcast, you're like, what's a bacon? I, that's what I had for breakfast. Like what, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? What, what is just break it down. It was scission in a book. <laughs> <laughs> in a what? In a book. <laughs> 25 year olds are like, what's a book? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I download that. The, yeah. Their ancient name was papyrus. Right, right, and um, exactly. it's the equivalent of the Dead Sea Scrolls. You may find fragments of it. <laughs> the Dead on Market Sea Street. Was the official, <laughs> that was the original media database. Man. There was one reporter, the guy who wrote that shit. But uh, what was crazy is that they had to buy those like every six months to a year, <laughs> and it was like getting a fucking in uh, Encyclopedia Britannica um, every few months, and it was just these big gigantic books and. The you crazy know. thing is, what did you do? Like, so, so the model itself is not not so strange, right? Like, we in, with software, they want you to upgrade your. We're going to pay. You're paying monthly for a database that they're constantly updating now. Same, same, but different, right? Same, but, but different, just, right? Same, but different. A physical item, yeah. Here's the thing, though. What did we do? What happened to all of the old Bacon's books? Like, are they in some landfill? Is there like you know, off the coast of like you know, 
uh, Richmond in the Bay Area? Is there like a massive landfill that that Fleischman filled up with all of its old bacon?s Like what? Fleischman, Weber, you name it, man. Like oh. all of them had them somewhere. Uh, I think they're next to the Thomas Guides. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Another relic. Yeah, who's Thomas? <laughs> what happened to him? Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember that, but like sometimes salespeople love the Thomas Guides. I had a friend. Um, she sold Xerox copiers and she had a Thomas guide in her passenger seat. And I just opened that thing up and like, it came in like grids and sections and you had to learn how to use it. Um, and it was pretty detailed, but they printed those damn things out. Too. Maps so, are so quaint, man. What a, what yeah. a charming idea. Like this <laughs> paper thing you can you know, fold and put in your pocket and it like leads you in the right direction. And like, and it's just such a nice idea, man. And they, and they had to turn it into a Google ad, basically. Yeah. Right now. This is actually a good segue, I think, because you were going to hit the big pitch of the week, which is the state of journalism, right? So like journalism or Thomas Guides or Bacon's books have, have changed, right, with the digital age. So you, you were talking about this, you were referencing this report about journalists and how their work habits yeah. I guess. Is that what's happening here? Yep, exactly. So so they do a state of journalism survey. And every year I put my name down and I look through it. Uh, I'm going to do the highlights. And if okay. you want to catch their survey, give them their name, your name, and you can follow the whole webinar later this month. But uh, their highlights that they sit in their little emails that the average journalist works three or more beats. 94% of journalists say that some or most of all the reporting has pivoted to angles related to COVID-19. Dude, like 100% are working on COVID-19. Oh, my God. 76% of journalists say Twitter as the most valuable social network to them. I can confirm that because I follow a bunch of my, – my Twitter feed is just a bunch of following a bunch of journalists, and they, they love it. 34% mm. um, of journalists plan to cut back on Facebook, thank God. What were I they doing done there in the same. first place, man? Yeah. Looking for yoga gear? Like what's yeah. on <laughs> what's on Facebook, man? And then uh, and then the average journalist receives over five pitches per day, but writes fewer than five stories a week. Only 25% come from pitches. Twenty. So uh, yeah, so uh, first of all, I would say this to about that to clients like yeah this is not an easy thing to do <laughs> it's really what's that to, to be a journalist to, no to be a pr person and to pitch oh. a journalist when like uh three quarters of the stories are never going to get written up on so well, i could but but so uh i'm a baseball guy like if you bat 250 you're average right so like that's mm. that kind of makes sense to me like if yeah i don't know i've never really thought about it this way but like my what's my batting average for the week or for the month or for the year in terms of pitches I make targets I pitch to and coverage I get. But like, I think I'm a better than average hitter. Like I'm not, I might not be like the Ted Williams of PR, but like, you know, like I, I'm, I think I'm a, I'm, I'm hitting over 300 at least. What about you? What's your batting average? Yeah, I think so. Right. You know, I mean, I think we're trying to get news to, uh, I don't know that batting average. I never thought about it that way. Cause I'm, I like baseball, you know, but I never thought about my batting averages that way. Just like, you know, just trying to get regular news cadence every month for a client, right? And so uh, the, the challenge is just trying to tell the right story. And yeah, I guess so. I think if you have baseball batting averages, you should be doing all right. Right. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to kill it. You're not going to kill it every time. No. And sometimes you're going to get a base hit. 
and, and maybe sometimes it's just a squib. Like, I don't know if, you know, you, like, you know, like a squib would be like a, a ball off the end of the bat, like by the out in front of the first baseman that you just beat that, that guy to the bag. Like that's a squib hit. That might be a hit in like a small time pub, but sometimes you're going yard, right? Sometimes you got a big story in the journal or in, in, in business insider. So, and, and it's going to skew your average either way. But I think that 25% isn't such a, a, a strange number. I'll tell you what, really caught my eye of those bullets that, that you just threw out there, those data points. The one about journalists receive, the average journalist receives over five pitches per day. Just five? Like, are you kidding me? Like the way journalists kind of explain it to me, they're con just uh, consumed, just just like a deluge of pitches. I, I would have thought it was five pitches a second in terms of kind of the feedback I get, I can't possibly respond to all these pitches. I got all this writing to do five pitches. Like I get five emails every, you know, 10 minutes or five, whatever. Like it, it just, that seems like a very low number if that's true. And if it is true now I'm pissed. Cause I feel like reporters should be writing me back way more often. All right. So here's the deal. So they said 2,400 journalists between, uh, that they interviewed 2,482, uh, and it's spread across people that are outside of our sector. Could it be that people outside of technology get pitched less? I think so. I don't know. I mean, you look, you pick up a newspaper, old school newspaper. I don't know. Pick up the Sunday edition of the New York Times or the LA Times or whatever major newspaper you have. And you got the first news section, which is usually world and global politics. Damn well, you know there's PR people behind that. Then you got the business section. There's PR people behind that. And then you've got food and lifestyle. You know there's people behind that, too. And because it's Sunday, you're looking at this fashion spread. You know there's people behind that, too. All these people are getting pitched. And I, I just think whoever they polled probably just dumped that popular. <laughs> I don't know. I would imagine you would get more. I know that when I was running IoT Central, um, I'd get six or seven a day. And I was, you know, I was lowbrow uh, beat journalist on IoT. The, the five number may be off. And I'll tell you what else is off. Now that I think about it, you're absolutely right. Most of the stories, as we know, the majority of the stories, at least in my opinion, are driven by PR people behind the scenes. There's this, this data point saying that only 25% of stories come from pitches. I'm calling bullshit. I think it's like 75%. And they just don't want to, you know, they'll be like, I, I thought of that, or I was going to reach out to that guy. I was planning to do a story on that anyway. Dude, like, I, yeah. I, I think that 25% number might be, might be bullshit. I think the Sunday paper is a good example. If you go in there and look at it and say, which of these stories were not pitched? And I'll tell you which ones they are. Yeah. Natural disasters, <laughs> traffic accidents and murders. Even right? the natural disaster stuff, right? You go, oh, everybody's writing about the pandemic. I guess those weren't pitched. That's not true. We just pitched a specific angle about the pandemic. I'm talking about actual news the, the tornado that happened last night. Earthquake that should, and then the follow up becomes after that, right? You know, but if you go to like the business section, there's a PR person in every part of that, unless it's every like story. the person. Well, hell, even the personal finance person who has a column is probably heard from, you know, a PR person at a mutual fund or somebody 100%. who wrote a book. You 100%. know, no doubt about it. That's all propaganda, yeah. people. Don't believe it. <laughs> no, it really works. It, what we're what we're doing is adding you know, giving people perspective and access to people who are experts on it. So uh, the, just really quick on this one, I was just scrolling through their report. Um, it was a, a social media uh, update where it said, hold on, let me pull up the bar graph here. 
Do you track, this is a question to the journalist, do you track how many times your stories are shared on social media? 62% said yes, 38% said no. Sounds like to me that you you were measured on how far your stories get reached, and I would be tracking it myself too. First of all, that's another lie. Let's be honest. Ninety nine point nine percent of them. <laughs> this is such bullshit. They're like, ah, no, I don't care about that. I'm writing for the people, man. I'm just I'm getting the word. I'm a journalist. No, they're not, man. These guys want to see what people say about the stuff that they had to say. It's as simple as that. That number should be ninety nine percent. Don't you think? You just said so, it yourself. What, what, like, if you're a, what if you're a wire reporter and you're just pumping out stories and you know what, like I'm AP or Reuters or whoever, and you know as soon as you hit a button, it, it, it spreads globally and you can't track yourself. I you know. guess. But, you know, if you write something, I think you still do, man. I think you still, because it's so easy to track that stuff. Like you're on Twitter anyway. You can click on it and see how many people liked your story, how many comments you got. They're, reporters are as vain as anyone else, Dave. Like they, they want to know what people think about them uh, uh, i i think that number is you know is distorted well anyways uh, the muckrack surveys out there on the interwebs you can go to muckrack uh, i'm not, not going to promote these guys but they are having a webinar if you want to learn more about it so <laughs> anyways um what else we got going on this week you want to hit this job thing yeah you, you <laughs> go ahead man you you found this this job posting for some all right, so this came in through uh, the Facebook group In-House PR Agency, which is a Facebook group for mostly tech folks. Um, NFX, it sounds like a venture capital firm, is looking for a head of public relations and social media. Reinventing VC is the name of the job. And uh, they're the largest seed fund in the world, according to them, and one of the fastest growing brands in tech. Um, you know, they're doing well. Are you very familiar with them? I mean, there's so many VCs right now. It's, it's crazy. I can't say. I mean, God only knows, but no. I... Well, if you want to work there, they're looking to expand their PR and media presence, but they're not just looking to hire anyone. This is an unusual job that requires a unique background. They believe in people who are self-driven and ambitious. That's you and I, Kevin. Really, it is. Um, Speak for yourself. And if you're, and also you're one of the best people in the world for this, and you'll find your way to us because you're going to find your way to them. Because you, so who are you? Is what they say. And I'm just going to read some of these things. Um, and this is, you know, Ken and I were talking before we got on the show. I was like, this is classic Silicon Valley language that that um, puts us on an HBO comedy special, right. right? Silicon Valley. This is this is what they make fun of. So who are you, they say. You are one amazing human being. You've got a lot of hustle. You are highly networked with a track record of success in tech PR and social media. You're multilingual. You speak startup tech VC and more. Not Spanish, French, <laughs> Italian. I guess. You're an insatiable learner. You want to be in, the, in it for the long run and build something that endures. Your orientation is to create value. No, 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 but not capture value. You're creating it. Um, but, you know, those are, yeah, you know what? Those are good job hustles. That's creative writing. This is, you know. Who, who wrote this? I, uh, HR, PR, I don't know. You Maybe think so? a mix, mix of both. HR? 
No, HR doesn't do this kind of stuff. Who wrote this? That's what I'm saying. Probably the PR person with a bunch of folks. But this is probably, I want to get to this. You will probably not be a good fit for you if you prefer a little as little ambiguity as possible. Concrete direction helps you thrive. Failing is stressful for you and makes your work unpleasant. Again, wait, this is wait, wait. These are all, they, did they pull these out of fortune, fortune cookies? Concrete direction helps you thrive. Autonomy is important to you. These are, this is a joke, right? <laughs> no, this is a job description. Uh, and one of the leading, they've done $10 billion in seed rounds and funding. Uh, so, give me a break. so you cannot work here. It's probably not a good fit for you. If meeting aggressive numbers based goals makes you nervous. You like to close your laptop at 5 p.m. on all weekends. I kind of like to do that, so it's I'm out. <laughs> yeah, you don't like to read about tech and startups in your free time. Autonomy is important to you, and you're not captivated by how companies are born and grow. Wow. Makes you excited? Yeah, that, yeah. That's the job description. So. There, there's a lot to unpack there, Dave. Uh, I, yeah, I guess these, my take would be there are a lot of jobs like this in the Valley and that, you know, venture capital firms are, are behind a bunch of them. Um, you know, that I, I think what, uh, what these guys value in addition to, you know, uh, uh, Ivy League pedigree is uh, people who just feel unbound, right? Like they just, they're like, I, I want to, create stuff. I want to build stuff. I want to make stuff. I want to invent stuff. I want to pioneer stuff. And, uh, and I've got these big ideas and I see the role of tech in those ideas. And I just want to like, you know, I, I want to be the next big tech, whatever. I, I think that's where that, what that mindset is. But I, I gotta say, man, I, I guess, um, a lot of people out there probably just want to have a job too, right? Like what if you're just, what if, what if you don't meet some of those criteria, but like, you're really good at analyzing markets. You're really good at, you know, understanding markets. And I mean, that probably makes you a good fit for a job like this too. Maybe not at this company. Yeah. I mean, I think there's uh, clearly there's a culture at this company, you know, there's some good stuff in here, but it just, it just reads so it's almost pompous in Silicon Valley that, you know, you know, if you're not in this world and you know what, if you're not in this world, you shouldn't be applying for this job. You know, uh, I don't even know if you apply for jobs like this. Yeah. You know, yeah, not really. You know, somebody know. who knows somebody and you get recommended by like, somebody. It kind of yeah. seems like a joke again, not to pick on these guys, by the way, like I'm sure there's no, you know, these guys are all well and good. And by the way, I'm sure they're mostly guys uh, I, I would guess, but it's, uh, I don't know, man. It just seems, uh, it, I think what we, you and I came together on is just, it feels a little over the top, right? They're like, they're reaching, you know, they're, instead of just being like, look, th you know, this is the kind of person that we're looking for in a more, I don't know, practical way, as opposed to something uh, pie in the sky, but, but more power to them if they find yeah, the, well, the candidate who fits this description. Yeah, but I could just see Silicon Valley writers uh, for that show grabbing a hold of this and twisting it into a thing that is just re could be ridiculously made fun. What, of. what did we used to have? What was, you remember Valley Wag? Oh yeah. I think that was, 
Yeah, Owen Thomas. Yeah, did that. yeah, yeah, I think yeah. That's yeah. right. But it was like it was the the site that made fun of and actually chronicled, I think, some of like the more negative sides, more negative aspects of Silicon Valley. It got a little gossipy and hurtful and personal yeah. at times, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. But we all read it. <laughs> so that's the thing. That's my point. That, that's my point. Like Silicon Valley sometimes doesn't really laugh at itself. I mean, I guess yeah. that's what the TV show Silicon Valley is about, but you know, I, there should be more of that, right? Like this is, again, not to pick on these guys in this this job posting here, but it, it all seems like sometimes they take themselves a little too seriously. Like they just think a little highly of themselves, right? Like at the end of the day, this is a job, you know, these are the aspects of the job and blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, uh, we need to we need to be able to laugh at ourselves a little bit more in this industry, if you ask me. Yeah, I think so too. Well, good luck finding that there's a job out there. I don't know how far yeah. along they are in their in their thing, but uh, kind of. There you go. Odd. Hey, uh, hey, you want to play a game, man? I know we don't have much game? time. Yeah, you want to play a game? Let's, well, yeah, no, we're trying to do a game every week, right? Okay. Well, at least one. I got I got new ideas for games. Okay, so I I, I want to do this. We're gonna we're gonna try this. I, we'll, I know we gotta we, we gotta be quick here, so I'm gonna try to run through this quickly. We're gonna do we got this new game called the messaging doc. Okay, and the way the messaging doc works is that one of us is the doctor and the other one is the patient. And wait, so it's not the messaging document that we use to pitch. It's, a, it's a pun. It's it's a it's a tongue in cheek. That's the whole point of this, right? We're messaging guys, right? That <laughs> we're PR guys, but we're gonna we're gonna spin it in, into like a a doctor patient kind of thing. So okay, all right. So I'm gonna throw out like actually we we talked this before. So you're you're gonna be like. You're going to be something, either a person, a place, or a thing, and you have a, a, a messaging problem, a communications problem, a PR problem, like whatever. It could be a range of things, but you've got some like comms-related problem. You're the patient who has that problem, and I'll, today I'll be the doctor who you come to see, and I'll you know see if we can, you know, work together to to fix your problem. You know, like uh, I don't know if I'm a therapist, psychologist. I mean, maybe it's you know, maybe I'm a general practitioner. I don't know, but uh, we're going to find I, out. I, I got to come for you. I'm seeking help from you, Ken. You're seeking help. Well, unless you from want to. Doctor, from Dr. Wolf. That's kind of that, scary. That's right. <laughs> I'm today. It is scary. It is. It should be scary. I'm, cra I'm like a crazy doctor, man. But I am. Today, I'm the messaging doc. And you, David Oro, are going to be. Today, you are going to be patient Disneyland. I'm Disneyland. You're Disneyland. Disneyland. You're Disneyland. You are the physical embodiment of Disneyland. And, you know. All right. I, I got you. I got so, you. I, so, so here it is. Today is, is Thursday, and, and I'm welcoming you into my office, uh, Disneyland. It's, it's good to see you. I'm glad you made the appointment. Uh, how can I help you? Uh, yeah, Doc, uh, thanks for seeing me today. Uh, sure. Yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been closed for a year. <laughs> I, I've seen, I, look, I, I get the news, to be honest with you. I, I noticed, I, you know, I live in California. I'm aware. But uh, how you been? Are you, uh, it must have been a tough year for yeah, you. Yeah, I've lost billions of dollars. But guess oh, what? Yeah. Things are looking better. And, oh. and I'm about to open up. And I need, I don't know, some medicine, some advice on uh -huh. how to let the world know to come see me again or, <laughs> you know, walk through my open gates if yeah, you will. So, i think i'm gonna do that i think what was it april 1st or something like that? april 30th i think so, so april 30th yes yeah yeah so you're feeling if i understand how you're feeling i, I want to make sure i'm clear on the on, on your problem you're feeling like people are going to feel i don't know unsafe being in a group of you know 50 or sixty thousand people at any given time 
often in like a closed room where people are screaming. Your, your impression, what I'm getting is that you think people are going to feel like unclean or, or that kind of thing. Is that right? I mean, I think that's one way to think about it, but also okay. at the same okay. time that um, I'm afraid that people have been caught up so long that they're just going to overrun us, even though, oh. you know, um, and it could get hectic. And, and I'm afraid that there might be an outbreak in oh, of COVID or something. <laughs> like, shut down again. Mickey goes back into his little underground hole and you know what? too. I'm glad you said that there is doctor patient confidentiality here. So you, yeah, you, I need some HIPAA requirements. That's right. No, I, I, can't, I can't like if, if, if we, if this, if there ended up being an investigation later and they came to me and they're like, Hey, did, did patient Disneyland ever say anything to you about like, possible liability or issues that might come up as a as regards letting people i can say look doctor patient confidentiality i can't i can't comment on that so whatever you say here with me is you're safe you just want to let you know that thank you sir I, i'm uh, i'm excited to open up again when i need some help <laughs> what am i supposed to do oh, all right man. so what it is it like tell me disney. what i need to uh, disney, know, disney, disney, buy disney, some disney. advertising tell people to get here you, you got everybody. Here's do what I sell Disney do. masks, right? No, Disney masks would be brilliant. By the way, <laughs> by the way, that is Disney masks. If those are not already made, you're not doing a good job. Disney so man. fuck like, the Mickey Mouse ears and go straight for the Mickey Mouse. hundred percent, hundred percent. That would be the biggest seller. So that's the first thing. <laughs> then what you need to do is you need to go like grab some uh, classic Disney movies and you need to scrub out and like uh, what, what airbrush on some masks of some of the more popular characters. So when people watch that shit back, they're seeing like, you know, I don't even know which characters are Disney, but they're seeing all the Disney characters wearing masks in the movies. And that will not only will that help like the people that are coming into the park now, but future generations of Disneyland visitors will see that and be like, that's the way that I should be going to to the park. Can you do that? Can you airbrush some 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 movies for us? I, I can make that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, so, I'm not comfortable with you being my doctor, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this, look, I feel, I think you're getting better already. I, I just, here, here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. What, what you got to do, and this, this is a good tip for you here. Okay. So maybe pay, pay attention on this, right? You, you got to get yourself some waivers. Okay. And you got to make sure, now you can make them like cutesy Disney, you know, uh, I'm sure it'll be like a badge or something, but like you want to know Disneyland when people are coming in, like that they're like understanding that, you know, there it's a high degree of probability for, that they're going to be exposed to something. And there's like, that's the risk they're taking. So you got to print out a bunch of those waivers, make an app, you know, get like a wristband or something. But people got to know that Disneyland is got to be the world's biggest super spreader place and and they gotta they gotta be okay with it wait, wait, they okay. gotta know it's the, the super spreader place or the most safe place i want to be safe. no no see that's the thing disney i can't i, I don't want to mislead you because the truth <laughs> of the matter is not a damn thing you could do because that place is is as dangerous as it gets i'm, what I'm trying to do is protect you you see what i'm saying from a communication <laughs> standpoint i'm trying to protect you from uh you know lawsuits and in, in, doc, in doc I, ha I have an idea i have an idea you can't get in unless you have a vaccination card there you, i went I, I open up I, I look i'm with that i get I, i'm on board with that 100 percent. but you know there's a lot of anti-vaxxers out there that gotta have their goofy you know what i mean and so, like, <laughs> you, you might be disappointed like you don't want to turn away you know what it could be 40 percent of your customer base if hey, I, hey i take my chances i never had a measles outbreak right a salmonella maybe i don't know right you know <laughs> right, disney look i just i want you've been warned i'm trying to help you as your as your doctor 
Um, and uh, listen, you you have a good uh, rest of your day. Come back and see me like in May or like May. We'll June. come back in May. Yeah. 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 Come back and let me know how it's working out, and we'll you know we'll see if we need to uh, you know deal with any other uh, any lingering issues. Any any medications I need to take or anything like that. <laughs> Um, I think mushrooms usually goes good. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, oh yeah, the yeah. Alice in Wonderland trip, yeah. right? I yeah, got yeah. you. That's okay, you I got you. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Double no dose. CBD or anything like no, that. For well, my you could, but it might you might get tired. See, that's the thing. <laughs> when you smoke out before you go to Disneyland, you you get tired. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, good to see you, Disney. You take care yeah, of yourself. Good. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a weird game, but I love it. That's what it is, right? That's what it is. Okay, let's, let's do, do you want to do rep fire refer or are we going to bail? Is that? Uh, well, let me just pause on that thing first, really. Yeah. I mean, let's just take some seriousness into this. Yeah. Uh, listen, um, where I live, there's a, a Six Flags in Vallejo, Discovery Kingdom. They're opening up soon. I have no interest in going there. I didn't really have any interest going there before. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I hear you, man. Disneyland, like I, I want to get to that Star Wars uh, experience thing, but okay, it's going to be another year. But there are some hardcore Disney heads there. Oh yeah, and quite honestly, I could barely make it out with a mask on to the grocery store. Yeah. I can't imagine going to Disneyland with a mask on for ten hours a day, running around on Space Mountain or whatever it is. The, the, the vaccine pass, right? So I was the things. This is like a New York Times podcast i was listening to the other day but like in, in israel they've got the green pass yeah right and so you know and, and this is what i think is kind of like the next the next phase which is like you know you're going to have some sort of documentation that lets you know that it's okay for you to go do certain things and uh you know be on your phone or whatever and you're going to have to show that before you go to disneyland or a ball game or a restaurant or get on an airplane or whatever it is uh that's that's the future because i i think it goes without saying I, I'm no doctor, but in, in real, in real life, I'm no doctor. Uh, but I, I think COVID is not going away. It's going to, the numbers will go way down, hopefully with all the vaccinations, but you're going to want to be able to demonstrate that you're uh, not a risk to the people around you when you, if you want to do stuff, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, for me, I don't know. I try to go out to dinner and they, they loosened up here and we tried to go out to dinner. Actually, we, on Sunday, we were trying to go get some dim sum at Yang Sing. Mm. Um, first of all, Yang Sing, I had to finance that shit for you. How expensive dim sum, man. <laughs> no more of that. <laughs> um, right. uh, what do you drop at a dim sum uh, restaurant on a Thursday you're, evening? You're not supposed to drop $150 on dim sum. Yeah. You know, that's like, you know. <laughs> that's you know, Yang Sing. That's in the city, right? I know yeah, that. that's in the city. Um, but, uh, Anyways, we went and, you know, and San Francisco is one of the safest places ever right now. You know, the numbers are really low, but it was still social distancing, still wearing a mask. They were, you had to order on an app and the whole dim sum experience. I was excited because they were going to serve it on a cart. They didn't serve it on a cart mm. and pre-order it. And it showed mm. up in a little paper tray. Um, and, it, and then it was just weird. <laughs> and like, I'm not going to go out and enjoy myself until, you know, <laughs> This, you know, until like until the mask comes off, I guess. Dave, Dave I got to tell you, though, this is why the terrorists hate us because we're we're complaining about going out to a fancy dinner at a dim sum place in San Francisco, you know. And I tell you, life's pretty good. I I I, I get what you mean, but uh, but we're doing okay. We're doing all right. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. 
All right, dude, we, we're going to get to our last segment here. Rep, yeah. fire, refer, and I think we're kind of winging it here a little bit. How do you want to handle this, Kevin? Okay, so so Oscars are coming up. I'm not a big Oscars guy, but I, it, we just try to make this stuff timely, right? So uh, there there are some uh, some movies that uh, from over the last, say, 20 years that I, I think that are Oscar winners. Some are better than others, um, but... I tell you what, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's let's, let's switch it up. So uh, there are a bunch of movies that have come out over the last, you know, whatever, 30, 40 years that are related to uh, our industry. OK, are related to uh, to media, to PR, to advertising, to uh, journalism and so forth. Let's let's do a rep fire refer on three movies from our industry. Does that sound OK to you? You're going to have to tell me what they are. Yeah. No, that's what I'm here for, man. I'm going to set you up. Right? So the <laughs> Thanks, first Tom. One, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so the first one we're going to do, you, okay, rep, fire, refer, right? Everybody knows the game. You got to represent as their PR person one of these. You got to refer one of these to someone else. You don't want to represent them. And you got to fire one. They were your client. And you said, I, you know, I can't stand these people anymore. I'm out. Right? So that's the game. Rep, fire, refer. So the, the three movies that you have to either rep fire refer are anchorman right the will ferrell classic yeah you got that one right we're going phone booth uh not quite the classic that anchorman is but a but a, a, a like a one of those energy movies i think that's colin farrell right he's uh he's on oh, i remember that movie. there's like yeah, yeah there, there's some like some drama you remember that one yeah 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 okay, good, good 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 yeah and then the third one we'll go uh we'll go Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Okay. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which is just, I, I know you're not as familiar with that movie day, but, but I can vouch for it's uh, it's, 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 it's fabulousness. So, so that one's, you know, you, you want to think highly of that one. Well, then let me give it to you, Kevin. Oh, you yeah. picked those three. Okay. Um, like I know I'm familiar with two, but I don't know Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but okay. I, I'm repping Anchorman all the way. There's no question, right? Now, now, now you say that, right? So Anchorman is, I, I don't know, it's as good as it gets. And, and like, you know, it, it, it shows the, uh, you know, the, 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 the underbelly of the media industry uh, in, in the most comical fashion possible. I mean, Will Ferrell just kills it. Like when he kicks that dog off the bridge, uh, Boxer, I think his name is, was, 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 this is an all time moment. <laughs> But, but here's the thing, but here's the thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say actually that you would, you would refer Anchorman because you go, you know, anybody can do that job. Like that, that's an easy one. That's a softball that this movie is iconic. Like anybody who yeah. this is going to like it. That's an easy job. You might give that to your buddy. Like I'm busy. Here's one for you. Go ahead and take this. This is an easy one to rep. The one uh, to refer the E, the one you want to rep is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, Alan Arkin, Kevin Spacey, Al Pacino, uh, Ed O'Neill. That sounds cool. Yeah. It, it's all time. I'm going to have to watch that one. Yeah. It's all time. It's all time. And and so I, the, just because of the sheer talent, and I'm missing, I'm forgetting like four or five people that are in this movie. Like you're yeah. not going to want to miss this one, but uh, they, it's, it's star studded. Uh, it's, it's, you know, maybe the best movie ever about like sales and marketing and, and, uh, and you got to go watch that if you haven't seen it. So I'm going to say you're going to rep that one 
uh, you know, refer anchor man and you got to fire phone booth, I guess, even though I kind of remember in June. You know, you know why it is? You fire it because Colin Farrell, man, I, I, that dude, Greasy. great actor. <laughs> yeah. He just doesn't take, there's never anything good that comes out of him. So like vibes. If you I, will. I, I'm with you. Now, there, I, I, having said that, like Minority Report, I thought he was, I thought he was good. Like I kind of yeah. enjoyed that movie and, and that's yeah. a Colin Farrell movie, but I, I'm with you. Phone booth is like, uh, you know, I, I, I think if you're a, a busy PR person, you're going to fire him. You go, guy, I just don't need the headache. Colin Farrell seems yeah. like too much work. Well, Kevin, this was this was actually a really good time, man. I, my, my face is a little sore from like laughing so much. Maybe it was the message you talked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? People should write us with suggestions for the next uh, patient. OK, yeah, all right. Yeah, give us the next patient. That's we right. will message doc the hell out of that. That's right. That's cut right. it up, framework it, and all that. And all right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again, Kevin. That was a lot of fun. No doubt. Peace. Let your soul and spirit fly in